You're listening to episode number 83 of the Keto Diet Podcast. Today, we're chatting about blood glucose and ketone testing mistakes, how to calculate your ideal protein amount for your ketogenic diet, the three obstacles that stand in your way to reaching optimal ketosis, and so much more. The show notes and full transcript for today's episode can be found at healthfulpursuit.com slash podcast slash E83. Two awesome announcements today is that we have changed the podcast format. It is spring. It's time for a new format. And I'm really excited of the way that we're doing things. And we have a bunch of new and exciting things coming out soon, which I'm pretty stoked about. Second is that I'm going back on tour. You can head on over to ketodietbook.com slash tour to see if your city is on the list and do RSVP and I can't wait to meet you. Okay, let's do this thing. Welcome to the Keto Diet Podcast, the show all about keto for women so you can burn fat, balance your hormones and heal your body. And now here's your host. You might know her as the Keto Queen. She's the international best-selling author of The Keto Diet, founder of Happy Keto Body, and she loves dipping pork rinds in avocado oil mayo, Leanne Vogel. The podcast is sponsored by the following awesome brands. If you can't find the links, no problem. Just check out the show notes of today's episode. We got Paleo Valley and they just came out with the most delicious turkey sticks. They're made from pasture-raised turkey, which has full access to outdoor pesticide-free pastures. It's milder than their beef sticks and they come in original and cranberry orange flavors. These things are so good. In fact, don't tell anyone, but I actually prefer the turkey over the beef. Yeah, I said it. It's actually delicious. Each stick comes with 1 billion probiotic CFUs, and they're gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, and have zero grams of sugar. Now, Paleo Valley has put together an awesome offer. You can get 20% off all of their fermented stick snacks by going to paleovalley.com slash keto. Then we have Wolf Clinic, who makes Royal Flora soil-based probiotics. And these probiotics can help regulate digestion, lower allergies, strengthen the immune system. And my personal favorite, why I love this brand so much, is that you don't have to refrigerate them. So I can put all my probiotics in my little pill box, and I don't need to worry about putting everything in the fridge. And with the soil-based probiotic, I know that it's going to go past my stomach and all of the acids that are in my stomach and actually get where the probiotics need to go. And this is because soil-based probiotics are naturally harder and better able to withstand the challenging environment of the stomach. So they put together a really great offer for both our U.S. and Canadian listeners. You can get 20% off probiotics by going to healthfulpursuit.com gut and use the coupon code gut, all in caps, no spaces at checkout to receive 20% off. And lastly, there is Thrive Market. Now, Thrive Market and I have been working together quite closely for a bunch of years, but it wasn't until we became based in the U.S. that I could start ordering from Thrive Market directly. And I got to say, every time we have an address that we can ship to, we live full time in our RV, so we don't always have an address to ship to. But when we do, I look forward to getting my Thrive box every single month. And what I love doing is I'll order everything off Thrive. And these are all the things you could find on Amazon or at Whole Foods. And so I order all these things off Thrive. And when I get the box, 
I look on Amazon. I, you know, check out Whole Foods when I'm there and I just see the massive discounts that I'm getting. I just get so giddy at how much money I'm saving every month by ordering Thrive instead of purchasing all these pretty expensive things on Amazon and Whole Foods. Generally speaking, I save about 30% every month on my groceries, which is a huge discount. And plus, listeners of the podcast can get $20 off their first three boxes of groceries, plus free shipping and a 30-day free trial by heading over to thrivemarket.com slash keto. So that's a total of $60 off plus free shipping and a 30 day free membership. This offer is only available to new Thrive Market customers only. And again, the link is thrivemarket.com slash keto. Okay, so today's guest is Vanessa Spina, and she is a worldwide speaker, author, and advocate of the ketogenic way of life. She is the author of the best-selling book, Keto Essentials, and the founder of ketogenicgirl.com, which provides effective ketogenic meal plans and coaching for healing the body with real foods, as well as achieving weight loss. She has coached over 3,000 people to date on her popular program based on the therapeutic approach to keto combined with intermittent fasting, which is known as the 28-day ketogenic girl challenge. Hey, Vanessa, what's up? Hey, Leanne. It's great to be here. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on the show. I I think it's amazing that we actually haven't talked yet. Like, how is this a thing? Following each other for a long time. It feels like the most natural thing to just pick up the phone and chat with you because I feel like, I don't know, we're keto sisters and we all have like so much in common. Um, So it's really cool to actually get to like chat with you voice to voice instead of just like over the internet, like social. (laughs) Over the internet, yeah. (laughs) And for listeners that may not be familiar with your work, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure, I would love to. Uh, So I founded Ketogenic Girl uh, several years ago, and I've been running it as my full-time job since then. I used to be a news anchor in finance for many years, uh, and I had my stock trading license, and that was my whole world. And this was kind of my passion and hobby, and I was doing it on the side, and I was getting up every morning at 4 a.m. just to scroll through keto posts on Instagram and post stuff uh, because I loved it so much. And I had such incredible results on keto myself. I started getting a lot of requests for people asking me how I did keto, what are the mistakes that I made. And I eventually founded Ketogenic Girl and my meal plan programs. It's known as a 28-day Ketogenic Girl Challenge, which is not really 28 days, it's just a way of starting things out on the lifestyle is sometimes you just need to have kind of a challenge in mind that it's a temporary time frame. But then I find once people get started in this way of life, and they see how incredible it is, how much their body's thriving, that they want to keep going with it. So I founded that. And I've been running that ever since I came out with my book in the fall. And basically, it's my full-time occupation now. I I live, eat and breathe ketogenic girl. And it's it's honestly my passion. And it's been so incredibly rewarding to get to spend all of my time focused on this and doing this because I love it so much. I'm so passionate about democratizing health for people around the world and about disease prevention. And I know that it can be done 
in many, many situations through proper nutrient intake and proper nutrition with a really well-formulated keto diet. So that's kind of my, my background. Amazing. And what I like to ask all of our guests this, what does keto mean to you? Keto to me means love. <laughs> it means body love because one of the things I talk about in my book is you know, we live in these bodies and they do so much for us. We have, you know, trillions of cells working on our behalf every day just to make us healthy, keep us alive. And it's really hard to get to speak to those cells and to our bodies and thank them. But we can thank them and we can communicate to them through the choices that we make with our health. And every time I make a nourishing plate of ketogenic food, it's a way of saying thank you to my body. And it's a way of loving my body because our bodies love us. And for me, all of this has been really a path that's connected back to self-love and loving your body. And we do that through giving our body what it needs. All those incredible essential fatty acids, essential amino acids, vitamins, and nutrients that our bodies crave so that they can function well. And so for me, keto really just means body love, self-love, and you know, being able to appreciate your body for all that it does for us. Mm, That's beautifully said. I love that. And so today we're going to be chatting all about how to reach optimal ketosis. And so this is going to be a great episode for beginners and even people that have been eating keto for a while and they just find like they just can't get there. Um, So maybe the first the first off piece that we probably want to talk about is the difference between ketones and glucose and perhaps why the body prefers the ketones over glucose and what's happening in the body. Yeah, so ketones are really, really interesting. One of the most interesting things that I find about them, and I'm not sure if you've come across this as well, but they're not considered an actual macronutrient, but it's possible that they could actually be reclassified as one. I don't know about you, but I'd be all for that because even though ketones are created endogenously in the body, although you can also take them exogenously, they are one of the most efficient ways that you can fuel your body and they're just absolutely incredible. They're anti-inflammatory. They're, they have so many beneficial effects for the brain and the body. And if we're talking about the main macronutrients, obviously we have fat, protein, and carbohydrates. And our bodies are designed to be able to run off of either sugar and be sugar burners or fat and be fat burners. We're designed to run off of both. And originally, our bodies are really calibrated towards being able to burn off of both, but having one fuel as primary. And that would have been fat in ancestral times and just a little bit of glucose. But because nowadays our diets are so inundated by sugar consumption, our bodies tend to be fed mostly from sugar. So most people, if you take a random person on the street, they would be most likely a sugar burner and they would be unable to be a fat burner. So in my opinion, someone who is truly thriving has something called metabolic flexibility where they're able to go in and out of either. And once you go keto, you become a primary fat burner, secondary sugar burner. But you're also able to go back and forth between 
the two, which is really more aligned with how we were initially designed and how our bodies are designed optimally. So the main difference between being fueled off of glucose and being fueled off of ketones is just you're either a primary sugar burner, your primary fat burner. And ketones are a byproduct of fat being converted to energy in the body. And they're water soluble, water soluble molecules that we can then use to fuel our bodies, to fuel our brains, because they can cross the blood brain, the blood brain barrier, whereas fatty acids themselves cannot be used for energy in the brain because they can't cross that blood brain barrier. So that's basically the main difference between being a sugar burner and a fat burner and the difference between glucose and ketones. And I, I do hope that ketones become reclassified as a fourth macronutrient because they're probably one of the best ones. Uh, they provide so much more fuel efficiency than glucose does, and they provide all of these other incredible benefits in the body as well. Mm, I love that. I hadn't actually thought about ketones being classified as a macronutrient. That's brilliant. Of course it should be. Wouldn't actually. that be amazing? Yeah, that would be really great. That would be really great. Okay, so you did a really great video on YouTube about how to measure ketones, and we're going to be putting that in the show notes today. But can we just briefly review like what what's the best time to test? How are we testing? What does it mean? Absolutely. So one of the big mistakes that I see people make when they're trying to do keto is not measuring ketones and blood sugar. I also tell people that they don't have to. Obviously, if you're doing keto and you're getting great results and you're feeling fantastic, you don't need to measure. But if you're not like most people or if you're just a geek like I am, you want to measure because you want to know that you're actually in ketosis. And I've heard so many people say, I hear from people who say that they're in ketosis and they're not getting any of the benefits, but they're not measuring. And you can't know for sure unless you actually have the numbers. So what I recommend doing for most people is really testing the blood. Uh, it sounds super scary at first. I was terrified of doing it because I'm not a big fan of needles. Uh, the first time that I did it, I was staying at my in-laws house over the holidays and I ordered uh, the testing kit and I watched a YouTube video on how to test and, you know, I closed my eyes, pulled the lancet back, you know, took the blood and it didn't hurt at all. And I literally ran into the living room where all my in-laws were and my husband and I was jumping up and down. I'm like, I did it. I did it. I like I pricked my finger and it didn't hurt, you know, because I really thought it was going to hurt. Uh, if you test on the side of your fingers, uh, like I mentioned in the YouTube videos, there's less nerve endings there and it hurts less. But the ideal time, in my personal opinion, to test is fasted in the morning because what I've seen is that it really gives you a great indication of the choices that you made yesterday in terms of how good your body is responding to the amount of food that you took in and the kind of macronutrients that you took in. So if you're overdoing, uh, say, protein, for example, or you're overdoing carbs, you're going to know by seeing the numbers in the morning. And you're also going to be able to learn so much about your body, which is one of the coolest things about all of this is you can actually see how your body responds to various foods. So I really like testing in the morning fasted. It always gives me the best data. And I test blood glucose, I think is the most important measurement. People will argue with this that you need to see you know, ketones of 
0.5 and above to technically be in nutritional ketosis. But because ketones and blood glucose are inversely correlated, when ketones go up, blood glucose goes down. So I like to see a measurement of 5.0 millimolar or 90, uh, depending on how your your measurement, uh, your glucometer is calibrated as at or below that level. And I find the optimal results tend to be around the 80 to 4.0. If you're maintaining that, then you're going to be in ketosis, even if you're not testing ketones. It's just my personal opinion. Uh, Sometimes I'll see someone post that they have blood sugar consistently in the 70s and they don't have any measurable ketones or they're not in the 0.5 and above range, but they're feeling fantastic. They're losing weight. They're they have mental clarity, all this stuff, you know, it's possible that they may just be using ketones a lot more efficiently than others. And so they're not circulating as much in the blood and form in the form of BHB. So I like to see, obviously, those numbers of the blood glucose. And if you're at 0.5 millimolar ketones and above, you should technically be in ketosis. And in that video on YouTube, I do show a little bit more about testing. The reason I don't recommend Urine testing is the ketone. There's three different kinds of ketones, acetoacetate, beta-hydroxybutyrate, and acetone. And once you are in ketosis and you become fat adapted after a couple of weeks, acetoacetate, which you would be measuring in the urine, actually converts to BHB. So it's not going to be measured in your urine anymore. So you might want to try it out for a week or two, but after that, it's not going to give you any tangible results. Uh, Breath meters, some people use them. I tried it at the beginning but it's really just not as accurate as seeing those actual numbers. And I really think it's so important to be measuring. And also, if you want to also be journaling, because it's going to help you find optimal ketosis for you when you're trying out different levels, different caloric intake, different macronutrient, you're playing with the levels and you're testing yourself. And then you're going to see where you do best based on that. And then you can repeat that. That was such a knowledge bomb. (laughs) Thank you so much for explaining that in such a way. And I really want to hone in on like something that you said of, I think a lot of people get caught up in the ketone measurements. Um, My husband included, he's like crazy about it. And um, when he tests, even though he's gotten great results, he's lost weight, his, his brain fog is totally gone. He Um, is such a better human because of it. When he tests his blood, it's not as high as say, um, somebody else and he gets really caught up in it. So um, what you said is there's less ketones circulating in the blood because your body's actually using these ketones. So is it possible then for somebody to register quite low with their with their blood glucose, quite low in their ketones, but still exhibit all the signs of being in ketosis and they're feeling great on top of the world, you're saying that that's possible. I 100% believe that. I'm not a scientist and I haven't done any actual studies on it, but I do see that in many cases and it tends to be with men where they will have lower ketones. Uh, It also happens in women, but there needs to be more studies for us to understand actually the efficient use of ketones and what that efficiency means in terms of, you know, how much 
your body is utilizing it, how active you are, how much oxygen is used when you're actually processing the ketones, all of that needs to be better understood. We really don't have enough data right now to understand it yet. I've been doing a lot of actually N equals one experiments on myself recently to do some findings uh, just based on my own data about the efficiency of ketones, because I do believe that the blood glucose number is the most important because all of this comes back to being able to maintain a consistently low glycemic load in the body. So if you are able to have low glycemic load in your bloodstream, then that's the whole goal of ketosis to restore insulin sensitivity, to get all these benefits. So if your blood glucose is nice and low, I would say if it's in the 70s, if it's in the 60s even, you're probably most likely in ketosis, even if you are having low ketone numbers. If, like you said, you're experiencing all of the benefits, you know, if you don't feel good and you don't have ketones, then that may not be the case. But if you feel awesome and you're getting all those benefits, it's very likely that you could be. Awesome. And so let's chat a little bit about if they don't feel good and they're trying to reach this optimal ketogenic space, what are a couple of tools and tips that you find are helpful to kind of push push your body into that space? So if someone, I guess, is kind of stuck in low carb, maybe they're doing low carb, but they're just not quite dropping into ketosis. Is that what you mean? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, one of the the things that I always say to people is it really comes down to how you feel. You know, people ask me all the time, these are my numbers. What do you think? Like, but how do you feel? Like, do you feel good or do you feel keto flu? And This is just my personal opinion, but I don't think that keto flu is a necessary process for everyone to experience. One of my biggest hacks, and it's kind of ironic, but one of my biggest hacks with getting into keto is taking it slow. (laughs) And it sounds counterintuitive, but I didn't have keto flu. And I think that the main reason for that is because I took such a gradual approach. I've been doing this since... I was in university. I first went off sugar and it took me all of this time to finally get to keto. I I did a lot of, you know, different things on the way there. But when I, right before I went keto, I had been low carb for a while. I had been reducing my carbs very gradually over time. And I had also been increasing healthy fats very gradually. And I was taking it very, very slowly so that my body could feel safe and that it wasn't under threat. It wasn't in danger so that my body could adapt very gradually and easily. And if someone is experiencing low carb flu, I think sometimes it can be related to just going too fast and trying to get results too quickly and not pacing themselves enough. So it could be that that level of, you know, say restricted carbs of 20 grams per day is just too low. Uh, And you need more time to get down to that level and you need more time for your body to adjust slowly. Uh, That's actually one of my biggest hacks. And it's just take your time because this is a lifestyle. It's not something that you're doing. Hopefully you're not just doing it, you know, to lose a little bit of weight or something. And then you want to go back to your previous 
life before that. To me, it's a long-term lifestyle. So why why not take your time to get there? Because you're not going to have keto flu. You're going to feel a lot better all throughout the process. Uh, there's a few other things that I recommend to get you into ketosis, maybe if you're not getting there. Uh, one of them goes back to testing and protein levels. So the biggest number one mistake that I see people make on keto, and I'm sure you see it all the time, Leanne, is overdoing protein because uh, a lot of there's a lot of misconceptions about protein levels and carbs. Everyone knows I have to restrict them. It's keto is, you know, next to no carbs. So it's easy to do that part. Although there can still be hidden carbs and things and people can overdo their carbs by say counting total carbs. I like to or counting net carbs instead of total carbs. But with protein, it's really a fine art of finding what is that exact number for you that's going to benefit your body the most, that's going to enable you to stimulate growth hormone, it's going to enable you to provide your body with enough material to generate new tissue, which is how we generate new tissue in the body is from those amino acids consuming protein. And it's also going to fuel you, but not to the point where you're overdoing it and it's too much for your body to process. It's too much for your liver to process, your kidneys, all your organs to process too much protein. So because it's moderated protein, overdoing protein can keep you out of ketosis very easily. Uh, I just did a podcast on finding your optimal protein, what I call a protein threshold. So there's a number where if you go over it, you will tend to get yourself out of ketosis because it is too high a number. So what you can do is you can use an equation. Uh, it's very, very simple. It's just your total body weight in pounds. I like to do times it point by 0.4 to find the lower level and times it by 0.6. And it gives you kind of a range to start with. So uh, say you get 50 grams to 80 grams. So then do a day where you do 80 grams. Then in the morning, test yourself and see what your blood glucose and ketones are. Then if they're, if they're too high or not in ketosis, drop it to 75, drop it to 70, and just keep playing around with those numbers. You can also try going to 90 or 100 because you might have a lot of lean mass in your body. And so you might be able to consume more protein and still be in ketosis. So testing is why this is so valuable is that you can learn exactly what it is for you because we're also different that our bodies have very different ratios of lean mass, of fat mass, body fat percentage, and also obviously insulin sensitivity or resistance and other conditions. So it really comes back to testing and it'll show you, it'll, it'll exactly show you if you are eating the right amount of protein to be in ketosis or not. And it really is a number one mistake that I see people make when they're, they're doing keto or they're trying to adapt and they're not getting there. Amazing. And Let's chat a little bit about the obstacles to like, for example, stress. I don't know if you see this in your practice and with people that follow um, your blog and YouTube videos that stress can massively affect ketosis. Can we chat a little bit about that and how that works? Absolutely. And this is one of the things that I recently came close into contact with myself. We were chatting a bit before about uh, going on a book tour and I thought I was doing pretty well, but my adrenals got 
totally shot from I think I did over 33 flights or something in the course of 30 of those those five months. And my adrenal hormones really took a toll from the stress of that because obviously it was stressful having to be on a schedule, do all these things. But also the body just undergoes a lot of stress when you're in different environments, especially when you're on a plane, you're flying, you're traveling. There's so much going on. And it really affected my adrenals. And I noticed a lot of symptoms of adrenal fatigue, which I wasn't used to having. If you are stressed, you are going to remain a sugar burner no matter what you do. And it can keep you out of ketosis. You can be in ketosis and be stressed, but it, it can be a big roadblock. If you have stressful lifestyle and you're not taking enough time to reduce stress and you're not doing activities in your life to reduce stress, it's really going to be a major obstacle for you to get into ketosis because when you're stressed, your body thinks that you are in danger. And we're so programmed for survival. Uh, The body will shut down a lot of things. It'll shut down fat burning because it thinks that maybe you are trying to escape from a predator. It will enable, it will prevent you from burning any fat because it wants to keep you alive. It wants to keep you having energy to get away maybe from that predator. So this is what the body thinks. The body doesn't understand that the stress is coming from a deadline at work or maybe a really stressful person in your life. Uh, it, It doesn't get that. So it's very important to reduce stress and get adequate sleep. I had heard this over and over again over the years from so many people. You gotta get enough sleep. You gotta get go to bed before 10. But it makes such a huge difference. And one of the things that it really made a difference for me is when I learned that most fat burning happens at night, but it also happens right after you go to bed between about 11 and 12 p.m. So if you are not in bed before then, say around 10, 30, 11, you're going to miss that huge spike in growth hormone that happens and all that fat burning that happens. You might still get some in other cycles, but the biggest one by far happens right around that time. So it's also another reason why you want to get to bed early and get a good seven to eight hours of sleep per night if you can. Uh, Not everyone's lifestyle permits that. Some people work night shifts. There's all kinds of different things. You can still try to get eight hours of sleep during the day if you don't have, if you're say working a night shift or something. But it's, it's really important to take the time to practice regular meditation, yoga, walking, all of those things that enable us to be in a more relaxed state and avoid stress as much as possible. Because, you know, this is a lifestyle. It if we focus so much on the macronutrients and the diet and the numbers, but keto is a whole lifestyle. It's a holistic lifestyle. You're eating real food, you're nourishing your body, but you also have to nourish your body with proper sleep and taking care of yourself, you know, and not stressing yourself out, not stressing your body. So that's part of the whole lifestyle that that is all of this. And that's what's so interesting about keto. It's not just a diet because it, it is a lifestyle in so many other of these other factors. I love it. And I couldn't agree with you more. Okay. So what about inflammation? How can that affect keto? And even with the inflammatory foods that can sometimes be introduced on a ketogenic diet, how does inflammation stand in the way of us reaching optimal ketosis? 
Yeah. So actually, Leanne, what's interesting, what actually brought me to keto personally was a couple of autoimmune conditions that had come from chronic inflammation. So I was in my early 20s and I had throbbing arthritic pains in my hands. And I also eventually developed ulcerative colitis. I talk about this a lot, that this is what brought me to keto because at the time I was terrified, especially about the options for ulcerative colitis, which often involve invasive surgery. And I was lucky enough at the time that my husband's cousin had just heard of this thing called gluten and she had done a gluten test and my husband said to me, why don't you just take this gluten test thing and see you've got nothing to lose. So I took the test and it came back off the charts. So I said, I'm just going to go off gluten for two to three weeks and see what happens. And within three to four weeks, all of the chronic throbbing pain in my hands was gone. And I had been doubled over two to three times a week in pain from ulcerative colitis, and it was gone. And without any surgery, without any drugs. And that's when I knew there was more to this. And I really wanted to keep digging, which eventually took me to keto. But what was happening in my body was an autoimmune reaction from excess inflammation that was being caused by gluten, which is the protein in wheat. And Inflammation is a fabulous thing. It's one of the best things for your body. If you get an infection or a cut, your body goes to work. It sends out these little armies to help. It creates inflammation in order to protect your body and to heal. The problem is when that inflammation doesn't go away after a while and it's consistent and it's chronic. And that's when all of those inflammatory chemicals that are sent out to repair your body, they start to really affect the bones, affect the joints. They cause, you know, if you hurt your, say you hurt yourself, you see that immediate reaction where all the blood and inflammation happens and say you're throbbing in that area. There's a lot going on and that inflammation needs to go away after a while. And if it persists, say you're eating foods, like for me, it was gluten. Uh, For a lot of people, it's gluten and sugar as well, which is very inflammatory from chronic consumption. So all of this inflammation eventually causes a lot of damage. And there's been several studies on this recently. uh, There's been a lot of Framingham studies, but one of them found that some of the markers of inflammation were one of the highest correlated markers of disease like type 2 diabetes and cancer. And it was because of the white blood cell count, white blood cells are released when you have inflammation. So these were some of the the biggest indicators that you were going to develop disease later in life. And one of the coolest things about keto and ketones is that ketones actually provide a buffer. They have several anti-inflammatory effects. So when you go keto, you remove, for myself, I remove, you know, obviously sugar and gluten together. So you're removing some of the triggers of inflammation, but you're also getting ketones, which are providing these fabulous anti-inflammatory effects. They block some of the inflammatory 
signals in the body. They they block some of the signaling and they provide this incredible therapeutic effect on the body to reduce inflammation. So that's why so many people, when they go on keto, like myself, they experience reduction in chronic pain, reduction in arthritis, which is an inflammatory condition, uh, IBS. For myself, it was also ulcerative colitis. So many anti so many inflammatory conditions in the body go away because you're cutting off the sugar and gluten causing the, the inflammation inflammation and you're also getting the therapeutic effect of the ketones so it's a really really cool thing about being in ketosis yeah that's awesome and i think it's part of the conversation too is like food sensitivities which can cause inflammation and i think a lot of people don't realize well that's one of the reasons i don't include dairy in any of my resources because i find dairy is good for some people but when it's not it can actually stop you from maintaining a good ketogenic state because you're inflamed because you're sensitive to the food and it's not allowing you to uh, maintain like a good ketogenic state in fact one of my clients probably about a two years ago was eating not too much dairy I think it was just a couple of tablespoons of like full fat cream in her coffee every morning and we just couldn't get her into ketosis like we tried everything and she wasn't feeling good she was so fatigued and she was constantly in keto flu and she just couldn't get over it and I said just and I kept telling her like maybe we should remove the cream of the coffee maybe we should just try that she's like yeah but it's such a small amount it can't make a difference sure enough finally she removed the cream and a coffee for seven days, no problem, like totally different experience. So it's great that you mentioned that, like that inflammation. And if you're sensitive to a food can really affect your ability to reach that optimal state. Would you agree? Yes. Yes. And all of my meal plans are dairy free also, because I do find it holds a lot of people back. My one I do have some dairy on occasion. Uh, I'm a cheese, a <laughs> cheese, bit of a cheese nut. I love cheese. And I was vegan for a really long time. And so I'm kind of, I think maybe compensating for some of that time when I was vegan. I, I just missed out on all these delicious cheeses all these years and especially high fat cheeses. But one of the things I would say is if you are going to do dairy, make sure it's organic and grass fed. And, you know, I say to people a lot, like do what your budget allows. But if you are going to do dairy, a lot of dairy, if you're living in North America, is full of hormones. And if you have an estrogenic body type or you're estrogen dominant, it can really interfere with your hormonal system, with your endocrine system. It can act, these hormones can act as endocrine disruptors because a lot of estrogens and growth hormone are added to the dairy. And it's really, really important also for balancing your fats, getting omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids in your bodies. If they're grass-fed, they're just going to have a lot higher rates of that. So, uh, but there's lots of different things that you can do. Like I said, all my meal plan programs are dairy free and there's so many ways of getting around dairy. As I'm sure, you know, if, if, you know, yours are also dairy free, you can see that there's so many other options out there that don't include dairy and you can have an extremely healthy keto diet even without it. So I, I definitely agree that it can be a big inflammatory you know, source for people in their diets as well. Yes, completely. In fact, I've never had a ketogenic diet with dairy over the last four years. Really? I have not incorporated 
Yeah, I'm so allergic to dairy. Uh, no butter, no ghee, no nothing. Even ghee. So it can be done. Even ghee. You know, Even I'd be ghee. I'd be interested to know if you have you always been allergic to it. Always since I was little. I've never had like real cheese or milk. Oh, okay. Like allergic. Yeah, my so I guess with allergy is different. My husband was he's pretty severely dairy intolerant. And he was gluten intolerant as well. But ever since we've been in Europe, he can do both, no problem. And I really think it comes down to the fact that Europe is so protective over what they put in the dairy, in the meat. They don't allow any of those hormones and antibiotics to be injected in them. So I was going to say, if you're a little intolerant, next time you're in Europe, you could try and see if there's a difference. But if you're allergic, obviously. And I I thought I, I maybe saw you mention something about how for you, not having dairy also just helped with your hormones and hormone balancing. Yeah, yeah. I, there was a period of time when I first started keto where I ate a ton of butter to see if it would help. And my estrogen did really crazy things. <laughs> yeah. And I think it was because of the inflammation. So I was just like, you know what? I'm just not even going to play around with this. I'm just going to cut it out. And I haven't had it since. Yeah, it was probably about a week and it was a hot mess. I'll yeah. never do that again. <laughs> um, okay, so I have your book, but for people that may not be familiar with Keto Essentials, why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Sure. So Keto Essentials came out in November, and when my publishers, the same publishers as yours, Leanne, first approached me, they wanted to do a cookbook. And I wanted to just write a book about keto. So we compromised and put together half cookbook, half guide to keto. And the book is all about how to get into ketosis. It focuses a lot on the mistakes that I made because I made so many when I first started doing this because I always say there's so much incredible information online about keto, but it's it's almost too much where it's very difficult for people to decipher what's real and what isn't. You have to just try things out and make mistakes and that's how you learn. So I learned so much in making tons of mistakes at the beginning, which is how I was able to create my program. And I talk a lot about in the book, all the mistakes that I made, how to get into ketosis, how to test yourself, how to measure results, interpreting results, and a lot of my keto hacks for getting into ketosis if you're struggling or you're not getting in like we discussed earlier. And then I have about 150 recipes, which are all of my favorite foods that are a lot of them are kind of comfort foods and some of my restaurant favorites and things that I love to have, but I was able to make them keto so that they could be just as delicious and fun to eat, but also extremely nourishing. And there's a lot of dairy-free recipes in there. Obviously, everything is gluten-free and keto. And I have the macronutrient breakdown for everything. And I also have some starter meal plans in the book as well. So there's lots of lots of information if you're a beginner and brand new or you are, you know, you've been doing keto for a while and you're a keto veteran, you're coming in looking for more ideas or recipes. Amazing. And we'll include a link in the show notes so you guys can grab that book. Every time I go to a bookstore to sign a couple of copies, your book is right beside <laughs> mine. So Damn. I know it's in all the bookstores as well. <laughs> and um, my final question is, where can people find you? Yeah, so you can find me. My most active channel is probably Instagram, Ketogenic Girl. 
and on Facebook as the ketogenic girl. I just started a podcast in January, which has been so much fun. It's called Fast Keto on iTunes. And I do a mix of a lot of solo casts where I'm just sharing different tips and ideas on keto and then interviews with experts on fasting for keto, on exercising keto, on PCOS, hormones, anything that I think is going to add value and uh, have a ton of fun recording those. So that's Fast Keto. And uh, yeah, you can find me at www.ketogenicgirl.com, which is where all the resources that I have are on as well. Amazing. And we'll include the link uh, in the show notes to your new podcast. I checked it out yesterday or the day before. Well done. It's it's a lot of work to do a podcast. So I'm really excited for you. Thank you so much. And I mean, you've done an incredible job. I'm just so thrilled for you. You know, like I was saying earlier, congratulations on all your success. And it's so incredible seeing your podcast is like in the top 10 of all podcasts on iTunes and health and fitness. Like your book has just been absolutely crushing it. Um, Um, I'm so excited for you and all the hard work that you do to spread the message and knowledge on keto and genuinely, you know, just want to help people in gaining more health for themselves. So, you know, congratulations and thank you so much for, for having me on. It's been so much fun to, you know, geek out on keto with you. Yeah. Thanks so much, Vanessa. You totally rock. We'll have to have you again um, on the podcast soon because this was great. And I have so many more questions for you. You're such a wealth of knowledge and thank you for doing what you do. It's so great that we get to do this for a living. So until (laughs) next time, guys, you can find the show notes and full transcript for today's episode at healthfulpursuit.com slash podcast slash E83. Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Go to healthfulpursuit.com slash begin to get your keto beginning discount today with the coupon code KETOPODCAST. Join us again next Sunday to discover more keto for women secrets for your fat-fueled life. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be confused as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcasts reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program.